Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good morning, everyone. This is David Thompson. I am your host at, uh, well, we're at the, not the last Friday. I don't know. Maybe we're at the last Friday of April. You know what? It doesn't really make any difference because we're live with you on the air here on Podbean Live. This is Beyond Clean with Ace, where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive in the cleaning industry. And uh, if you were watching anything in the cleaning industry last week, They said, you don't have to disinfect everything like we started doing 18 months ago. But it doesn't say that you quit disinfecting. And it did say that most of COVID is in the air and not on surfaces. So guess what? We have a treat for you today because Troy with Pure Air is back with us again. At least I hope you're there, Troy. I am here, Dave. Thanks. Oh, gee, that's good to hear your voice. <laughs> Technology, you know, and, and me sometimes have difficulties. So, folks, uh, welcome to the show here live, Troy. For people that haven't um, heard you before, kind of give them a brief about uh, Pure Clean and Troy, and then we'll get into our subject today. Yeah, thanks, Dave, and uh, I appreciate you having me back on another episode. Uh, you, you guys are doing really good work with the Academy of Cleaning Excellence and, and Jim and this podcast. So, folks, uh, my name's Troy Raska, and I'm the Vice President of Marketing and Communications for a company called Pure Air Control Services Incorporated, and we're headquartered out of Clearwater, Florida, and uh, we have a division up in the Philadelphia area that services all of our East Coast and Mid-Atlantic clients. We're an indoor air quality uh, professional services contractor, and uh, we've been around since 1984, uh, and we've developed many of these different uh, services and, in some cases, products uh, to help keep the indoor air quality optimized in a variety of buildings. And so, uh, again, we're a professional services contractor, so we don't do uh, any residential work. We're, we're in big buildings. All told, since 84, uh, we have about 800 million square feet of experience in, in over uh, 15,000 buildings. And so uh, this COVID thing is nothing new to us. Uh, We've been through these past pandemics and different kinds of outbreaks, uh, and we've adapted and learned. uh, The key word there, learned, right? Always keep (laughs) and keep moving forward. So that's sort of where we're at. Uh, You know, as such, right, uh, we don't deal with uh, the sort of what you would call occupiable space uh, as much as the custodial, uh, you know, services and sciences do, right? Uh, we're above the ceiling and, and below the floor uh, and sometimes in the walls <laughs> is how we would describe what we do. 
right? And so as such, uh, a big part of our job is, is testing and evaluating the indoor environment. So we do a lot of uh, IAQ and environmental studies in buildings uh, to help root out problems and, and then, of course, correct them. Uh, and then we also have a laboratory uh, on site in Clearwater, Florida, that's an A2LA accredited laboratory. So a lot of the samples and stuff that we're pulling out of these buildings uh, get sent back to our laboratory uh, that provides uh, professional expert analysis. Uh, you know, again, anything like mold and allergens and bacteria in buildings, Legionella, right, in the water system, and of course now SARS-CoV-2 with the COVID pandemic. And then finally, we have a, a remediation team building remediation sciences that goes in and will uh, fix any of these issues that we have. And predominantly, they are found and focused around the HVAC systems and buildings. Uh, that's not to say that we don't do very high level building disinfection, uh, but typically, you know, we're not in uh, the custodial game, so to speak. You know, we'll come in and assist if, if, if uh, you know, high level decon is needed, um, you know, where, where we're getting the things like containment protocols, uh, environmental, uh, you know, contamination and decontamination protocols. Uh, and, you know, so that being said, we're a certified environmentally responsible contractor uh, and that's provided by environmental risk professionals. And that's part of a larger insurance type of backing, right? Uh, so uh, where Earth Day was considered yesterday, right? I, I feel like we, we should make mention of that, that we're an environmentally certified uh, responsible contractor. And, and that means that we follow all the guidelines. Uh, we're disposing of this contaminated material in, in the proper fashion. Uh, and this has all been verified by this group, environmental risk professionals. So, uh, you know, we do our work at a very high level and we're science based in all things that we do. Uh, so uh, it's it's not just what we see or feel. It, it's it's based on what we can actually quantifiably measure uh, before, during and after any kind of work that we perform. So if you don't mind, Troy, I'll kind of, um, you know, first of all, I apologize because I said, I I think I said you're pure clean, but you're not your pure air. Yeah, Sorry pure air control that. services. Sorry yeah, no about problem. that. I got to get that corrected first because I also <laughs> deal with somebody called pure clean and oh, we're okay. in the cleaning business. So, you know, I get them mixed up sometimes. So sorry about that, folks. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you know, a couple of days ago, I was doing infection prevention with a school district and about 50 frontline uh, supervisors. And, you know, it was interesting listening to some of the things that you were talking about there. One of the things I said is, how can you say that you've achieved something if you can't measure it? And I like mm -hmm. the point that you brought up of scientific and measuring. And some folks, you're probably wondering, well, golly, if this guy is not talking about cleaning, why is he on here with us? Well, the thing is, is the, the two are intertwined because what we do inside the environment goes into the HVAC system and that also filters in the air. Realistically, we're both taking care of the air in the building. That's correct. Yep. Yeah, for sure it is. And, and so if you think about, uh, you know, and often I think even the last time I was on, I used this analogy is the HVAC system is the lungs of the building. It's taking breaths for the building. It's taking the old air out. 
filtering it, mixing it with fresh outside air, uh, and then putting it back into the, the occupiable space, which is why, you know, ASHRAE and ANSI has made such a big uh, push on ventilation, and the CDC has backed that up as, as bringing in fresh outside air or making sure that the filtration uh, is effectively used uh, and, and monitored, right, uh, to try to keep these environments as clean as they can. And so, you know, when we think about the HVAC system, a lot of times, uh, and especially for, uh, you know, the custodial sciences, is that it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. Uh, you know, you're, you're sort of in tune with dealing with uh, disinfection and sanitizing surfaces and cleaning the floors, making sure that the occupiable space, and rightly so, is clean uh, for those folks that enter it. Uh, and then is maybe cleaned after they leave, right? To to just keep the uh, cleanliness and the hygiene of that area in focus. But uh, what you really have to somewhat consider is, is like Dave said, is everything you're doing uh, plays into uh, the HVAC system, and and holistically everything that's happening in the HVAC system uh, plays into that built environment. And and I think that's what. Uh, we want to talk about today is sort of the positive impacts of a clean HVAC system, the the actual equipment and the ductwork, and you know how that affects your job uh, cleaning the occupied space. Uh, and and really, you know, it all boils down to a clean HVAC system. Uh, your job becomes easier. You know, I I, you know, I think about this. I heard you say something about fresh air. Um, probably, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, was consulting with a school district that was building a brand new addition. And we were talking about air and, you know, how the buildings at that time had been installed with or built with no movable windows. Mm. You couldn't yep. open a window because we were talking sealed buildings. And they were the first ones I knew of at that time that was going against the curve or the grain, whatever you want to say, and putting in windows where they could open it up for fresh air. And, you know, when you think about this, I mean, this is, you know, the outdoor air is cleaner than the indoor air because of, well, we don't clean the HVAC system like we should. Yeah, I think that that's partially true in, in that, uh, and, and in fact, you know, uh, speaking this week with Earth Day and all of the new regulatory talk that's coming out with uh, some of the environmental legislation that's being debated is, you know, one of these is they're looking at monitoring more closely and, and making it even more regulatory, but monitoring uh, air quality uh, in different U.S. cities and, and keeping an eye on that. Of course, we turn on our, our local news in the morning and we're having our cup of coffee and getting ready to come to work and and they're, they're showing, you know, the pollen counts in the air and the allergen counts in the, and this is the outside air, right? So I, I think that uh, there's two things to consider. And, and that is one, yes, when we started the initial push in, into the 80s and 90s of making airtight and energy efficiency buildings, the entire quotient changed for how we think about indoor air pollution and the indoor environment right? Uh, airtight buildings, they're more energy efficient. So therefore, more emphasis is placed on the HVAC system, the filtration and the cleanliness of it. And I think the other side is, is, you know, obviously, that's why we have filtration. 
and such emphasis has been placed on it because when you're mixing outside air, you're bringing in any kind of pollutants that might be in that outside air, right? Uh, again, and a lot of this revolves around, I mean, not only, you know, the air pollution concerns of like the 1970s, right? Like acid rain and all this, well, <laughs> that's been improved a lot, even, even yeah. you know, with the Clean Air Act and how controversial that was, a lot of that has been improved. But, you know, there's still natural constituents. Again, uh, I cite pollen, uh, different kinds of allergens, um, you know, plant-based stuff, uh, even just sort of dirt and particulate that's in the air that's not necessarily chemical or, or whatever. Uh, you know, and so I think that those are the things that, that you start to look and be concerned about. I mean, interesting fact is that this week, uh, just published in The Lancet, which is one of the most esteemed journals of medicine, uh, I think it's out of the uh, United Kingdom, uh, is a group of studies uh, from Belgium, uh, Germany, uh, India, and the United States, I think it was Columbia University, that was looking at uh, the effects of SARS-CoV-2 actually traveling on uh, pollen particles. Uh, in the air, both outside and in the indoor environment. And it's looking like these smaller pollen particles can actually distribute the virus uh, because of the way it can sort of hitchhike or be attached to these particles and be moved through the air. So, you know, even something as simple as pollen, mm -hmm. right, uh, right, you know, is now being looked at as, as a potential vector for the spread of, of this and, and other other types of viruses or, or bacterias. Uh, so it's it's a lot of times these contaminants aren't singular in nature, I guess, is no. what we're, we're, we're talking about here. And so, you know. Yeah, and, 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 you know, one of the things that we talk about all the time, too, on this, Troy, is in what we do in infection prevention is dust. And, yep. you know, so much of the time people are talking about what they can wipe on the surface. Well, you know, I don't know, folks, but have you ever really looked at how much dust is on the surface? It's not something that people brought in on their shoes or their hands. It's what came through the air. Um, you know, I, I used to live in, in a home, brick and mortar home, and I had, uh, because of my COPD, I had a special air filter system that I changed a, a $150 filter every three months. You know, now I live in a motor coach where I can't do that, and the dust is just freaking phenomenal. <laughs> and and you know you you know I, I look at it and then I think about our our built environments that we're going into commercially, and you know, dusting is treated like well you know we'll get to it if we can. And quite honestly, you know, when we talk about infection prevention. If you knew what was in dust, uh, you'd be paying a little more attention. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think when we when we hear dust or uh, household dust, uh, we sometimes think of it only as just particulate, right? Uh -huh. Like right. fine, fine particulate. And, and, in, and in a broad definition, uh, that's absolutely true. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, probably upwards to 80% of dust is is basically ejected or dead human skin cells that have been uh you know microscopically shed and start to clump together other uh -huh. things in dust is 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 human hair uh insect detris right so or, you know i saw 
I saw a report uh, the other day from um, uh, one of my colleagues, and he he's sending a report out about how many hormones are in dust mm-hmm. and how it's affecting the hormones of unborn and newly born children. And I'm like, now that was one I didn't know. No, I haven't heard that one yet. And I'm going to have, I'm going to have to look it up or Dave, you can send it to me. That'd be, that'd be awesome. But no, you're well, right. I mean, yeah, it's is, everything. Yeah. It's an amalgam of everything that gets stirred up in the air. Uh, it, some of it is so fine. It doesn't uh, get trapped in the filters. And unless now, like you said, you're more moving into higher rated filters, like HEPA filtration, MERV mm-hmm. filters. Um, but yeah, no, I think that when you, you talk about how the HVAC system and the corresponding ductwork affect the indoor environment, uh, again, below the ceiling, right? You're looking at, at two main things that, that, that that is producing and contributing to. Two main things. There's, there's other things, of course, too. But that's dust and odors, right? And we know through, uh, you know, historic studies uh, conducted uh, by the EPA, and supported by the CDC is that one in six people uh, are affected uh, by allergy attacks, asthma attacks are affected by dust or debris and, and, and allergens in the ductwork that's emanating from the ductwork. And so, you know, obviously it's recognized as this problem and, it, and we know the HVAC distributes it. And, uh, you know, that's why when we start to look at something like dust, and as you were saying, a lot of folks, you know, it, it becomes uh, the sticky wicket in custodial where they're either having to, you know, constantly be dusting or maybe because they're doing so much other stuff, they're just not thinking about it or they're not going the extra mile for it. And, and so that's what I'm here to say is if, if you uh, see something, right, say something to your, your management team, uh, to your operations team. And, and and this can be in the form of, you know, a couple of things, right, Dave? It can be a, this excessive buildup where you seem like you never and never stop dusting, right? Oh, I, you know, every day. And you don't. And, and, layer. Right. Well, and you don't, Troy. This is the issue that I'm trying to say right here is we don't stop dusting. It is continuous. I mean, this is we're in custodial maintenance, you know, uh, maintenance means it always is going on. You don't stop. You, it's and, and if it did stop, there wouldn't be any air, and I wouldn't be breathing. I don't like that <laughs> option. Well, to a degree, right? I mean, <laughs> no. So you know, it's it's two things, right? It's 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 the excessive buildup of dust, and then look up, look at the the registers, you know, uh, the the supply ductwork register, right? And and look and see if on those ceiling tiles there's some of that gray fuzz, right? Some uh, of that okay. blowout. All right. Created. Uh, I was at, I was at a, a restaurant this week. Uh, my wife and I had our 23rd anniversary. And so, you know, you go out to a special place to eat. And it was, you know, of, of course, like you do, uh, you don't go down to the Subway sandwich shop, you know, on your anniversary, you go to a higher class place. Yep. So we're sitting <laughs> oh. there, to, we'd taken our mask off, you know, and we're sitting there and, you know, there's a wall there and there's somebody else on the other side. And this lady says, you know, I don't know if we really want to eat here or not. Uh, and she looked at her husband, I guess, because there was just silence. And she said, would you look up and look at those light fixtures and how much dust is hanging on them? 
and I and I looked at my wife, and she said, "Somebody else said what you're already thinking, right?" I go, "Yeah, I I noticed it. People are noticing these things and and, and taking stock in the fact that this isn't right." No, that, that's absolutely true. It's like Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, right? If you see some dust on the ceiling and on your lights, you might have some uh, <laughs> problems in your dust, right? You might have something falling down in your food, folks. And, and you so, might you know, be we, breathing something you don't really want to, you know, as we we're talking here. Oh, yeah. We, you know, we, we uh, had a, a customer that uh, was a, a large resort hotel. And, uh, you know, we had, we had kind of been talking to them for a while and, you know, say, you know, and this is pre COVID, but, you know, preaching about, you know, the gospel of, of indoor air quality and why these systems need to be cleaned. And it, it wasn't until th this facility executive, right. It wasn't until this facility executive started having this pill, this, uh, you know, substrate and, 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 and a little bit thicker dust, right. It wasn't until he had that, literally dropping out of his supply registers onto his uh, administrative assistant's desk and her complaining until he called us back. So forget about the restaurants in this resort. Forget about the, the rooms and, and the you know, common areas of the resort, the lobbies. It finally took, you know, his own staff complaining about it to him to say, well, hey, maybe we should do some. Can we take a look in these ducks? Well, yeah, maybe we really should do something, you know, it's like you got to wait till something, you know, but you are right. We, we now know, and this is why we're talking here on the podcast today, you know, the more, you know, the more you should vocalize what you know. And I, I, I agree with that. I think that it's not always your job. I mean, obviously mechanical systems uh, and HVAC and what have you fall under a different category, but you could still, you know, send it up the chain and say, hey, listen, you know, this, you know, uh, we feel like there, there's a bigger issue here. Why don't we take a look at this or has it been addressed? Maybe you even form it as a question like, hey, uh, you know, has this been looked at before? But, you know, what, what's happening is, right, and, and, and this is our name of our game, right, in, in indoor air quality is, is we, we deal with two things, right? Primarily, obviously, there's a lot, but it all comes down to two, these two main areas, and that's uh, source removal or source control for the contaminant and then filtration, right, around these systems. And so what can happen in these HVAC systems uh, is not only just the, the, the normal buildup of this for a variety of reasons, the, the mixed outdoor air, people do bring uh, pollen particles in with them, uh, there's pet owners, uh, you know, you've heard uh, these stories before, but if there's pet owners, you know, they're, they're bringing their, their pet dander and their, their pet fur on them, which can cause problems with other occupants that might have allergies. So, you know, there's a variety of, of ways that this contaminate, contamination can get in a building. But with the HVAC system specifically, right, you might have filters that are overloaded. Maybe they begin to crease and this creates gaps that can allow some of this to start to recirculate. Uh, equipment can be older equipment, and the filter racks can maybe not be sealed as, as well as they should be. This can create what we call infiltration around the filter rack to bring uh, constituents into the air handler unit. So and that's sort of on the return side. On the supply side, the supply side plenums, uh, which are the ductwork that's actually attached 
to the air handler unit. And then the supply side ductwork, right, could all be filled with, with dust and debris and buildup uh, from years of this. Maybe the ducts have never been cleaned. And then, of course, finally, the last thing to take into consideration when you're looking at this kind of blowout uh, of dust or particulates coming out and getting stuck to the ceiling or lights is that a lot of this duct work is, is what's called fiberboard or duckboard. Uh, and this is this is fiberglass uh, constructed ductwork, right? Because it, it needs to be insulated. We want to keep the cool cool and, and the heat heated so that it gets out to the occupied space at the temperature that we want it, right? So it's right. insulated. And over time, this fiberglass can break down. So a lot of what's in this dust and particulate is actually fiberglass particles, which wow. can be extremely harmful. When sure. In. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you don't think about that. And so that's why we, we look at these things of, of how or the ducts themselves could be leaking, you know, through years of, of expansion and contraction, maybe some of uh, what we call pookie or the, the mastic mud that seals in the junctions of the ductwork. Uh, I don't want to talk too high for the custodial folks here, but you know some of this can start to crack or, or uh, ease, and then that creates infiltration as well. And so that's why when we look at this this picture of the air handler unit, the return and supply ductwork, you know we want to evaluate all of that, make sure that it's airtight, uh, and and then look at the actual contamination that's within it. Right. And so if we can get these systems clean, which a company like uh, Pure Air Control Services certainly can do, and, and there's other companies out there, uh, we, we do it at an environmental or a high level, uh, then it's going to, you know, reduce the amount of that kind of blowout in that situation, uh, you know, for the custodial crew to be constantly cleaning up, you know, and, and I don't know how many of, of these uh custodial services folks are actually getting on ladders and dusting light fixtures or dusting ceiling tiles off. But I, I would imagine it's, it's not very many, you know? Well, one of the things that we teach in our classes is we have uh, battery powered backpack vacuums that are HEPA filtered. And there are tools that we use on the floor, which is simply a brush. Yep. So you can take, clean that tool, sanitize it, and then you can use it, or you have a separate one, same thing, but just a newer, new one. And you can use those to clean the vents and your ceiling tiles and anything above your head instead of getting on a ladder. So as people, as people are becoming more familiar with using these high-reach vacuuming tools, we're, we're getting more of those. I mean, there are several companies in our industry that actually have uh, carbon fiber poles, which will reach up 30 feet. Um, you know, so, you know, when you're pulling dust down, it doesn't take a whole lot. Right. So yeah. a, a backpack vacuum is, is quite sufficient. It's getting a brush up there to it to move it and to bring it down. And these carbon fiber poles are very, very helpful with that. So, yeah, you're, I mean, you're spot on here and, you know, what we can do will help the whole system um, of, of the breathing and the contaminants. You know, you mentioned the dead skin cells. One of the uh, statistics that we have in our class, I believe it's 34 billion skin cells an hour that we shed. Yeah, it's a lot. 
people. You just, you know, I think, I think about that 34 billion an hour. Holy crud. I look at myself and you think that, you know, that that's like, am I peeling like a sunburn all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's happening at a microscopic level and, and, and oftentimes you don't see it. And then what happens is, is, you know, you always see these, these movies, right? Uh, like the old film noir movies of the forties, but even newer movies where they, they show that morning light breaking through the window and you can uh-huh. see all of these particles floating. And what that is, is a lot of it is, is, is very fine, almost microscopic dust. But what happens is, is these molecules, they attract to each other and it starts clumping. And you start to see the, the these bigger flecks and molecules that are actually just little clusters made up of, of millions of these little microscopic sized particles as they start to attract to each other and, and, and sort of electrostatically bond to one another. And, and well, so, in infection prevention, you know, we, we talk about that and, you know, the people, you know, as I just did a HEPA filter, you know, the HEPA filter can't grab a virus, but it certainly can grab those clumps. Um, we've got a, a, we've got a gentleman that talks about that on, on the, in the class and he likens it to a raisin bun. You know, that clump is a a, a bun and the viruses are the raisins within the bun. (laughs) And I think that's a pretty good visual for you folks. You know, uh, this is, this is what the filter systems and your HVA is, 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 uh, gathering. But when you go to clean your HVA, what you're seeing is the clumps. Right. That That's correct. And I, I think, uh, you know, the, the studies right now that I've seen, right, and we, we've seen studies that have proven that this actual genetic material from the virus can get through some of these filters like you were just talking about. Sure, and it can be sure. in the environment. But the studies I haven't seen that have been very conclusive or peer review and published show you know truly how long is is this actually ineffective like that they can actually infect somebody because it is an organism that needs to reproduce so it's going to need some kind of host and uh you know clumped uh human skin cells and insect detritus and 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 fibers you know aren't going to allow this thing to survive quote unquote survive but or be active you know very long no, those aren't those aren't sufficient so hosts. Right. So that's why being able to clump together and being able to be caught in these HEPA and MERV filters is so important because it it reduces the risk greatly of this thing just free traveling through the air system, coming back out and being able to be inhaled. Uh, so that that's exactly right, is that this clumping uh, mechanism is, is a huge uh, prevention method. And that, that's why when we look at like bipolar ionization, needlepoint bipolar ionization, in a sense, on the particle side, that's what these free radical oxygen ions are doing. It, 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 they're bonding with all of these other constituents that are in the air and, and particularly these, these particles and making them clump together so that they either fall to the, the floor or they're large enough uh, to be caught in these you know, filters. So I think that's one thing you look at. But on the inverse of it, uh, something like uh, UVC light, right, isn't going to take care of your dust. It might disinfect what's inside of that dust, right? But it's not actually going to eliminate dust. 
And we, we've seen this countless times in, in the many, 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 many thousands of air handler units and ductwork that we've traversed where they've had UV lights and, and, and taking biological samples and analyzing them. Yeah, it's pretty clean from a microbial standpoint, but it's still filthy and fouled from, from a dust and debris standpoint because, you know, UV light isn't going to get rid of that. You know, this dust will foul coils. This uh, foul coils reduces airflow, right? So all that extra outside air you're bringing in, hey, that's great. Oh, it's moving through the HEPA filter. That's great. If you never cleaned your coil, now it's hitting an obstruction, and now that airflow is reduced. And so well, I'm going to either- pick up on I'm going to pick up on that here in a minute, but I want to let everybody know here that we are sponsored by Gym Supply. They are a distributor of goods for the cleaning industry. Four locations in Central Florida. We're very happy to be sponsored uh, by them and give us the ability to have this podcast and also the education that we provide you through the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. You know, Troy, as you're talking about all of this, I, I, I know you said, well, you know, I'm not sure how this would, to the cleaning industry when we started talking about you coming on the air and stuff, but everything that you're talking about is paralleling you know, what I talk about in an infection prevention class, because, you know, you have to clean before you can disinfect. And so what you just got through saying is, um, you know, from a scientific level, that may be more, more healthy from that viewpoint, but it's still soiled with particulate because we didn't remove. And I continue to say, Removal is the first step in, in, in this. You don't have to kill something if you can remove it. Yeah, that's absolutely uh, a fact. Again, source removal. So finding, uh, you know, the source of, of these particulates, it, oftentimes, again, it's the buildup within uh, these air handler units that then blow out and, and continue into the ductwork. And so being able to remove that, uh, obviously, when we talk about removal, uh, you don't want to make the problem worse. Uh, and and we've, we, we do have case studies and, and quote unquote horror stories where we've had to bat cleanup, so to speak, right? <laughs> uh, behind, uh, you know, someone that allegedly did some of this type of cleaning. But, you know, so that's why when we look at the environmental side of this, right? If we're going to go into an air handler unit and clean it up, or if we're going to come into your building uh, you've made the recommendation, you, you saw that you dust and you come in the next day and it's just as bad or you clean off the, the grills and the lights and you come in a, a few days later and it's all built up again and you say something that you call a company like ours and you, you, know, you want to look for someone who's environmentally responsible and is going to go at this job with a high level of uh, that environmental responsibility. So when we're looking at air handler units and ducts, we're, we're setting up containment walls. We're only cleaning a, a certain run of the ductwork uh, at a time, you know, maybe maybe 20, 30 feet at a time where we're masking off uh, and containing everything that we're doing. Because you're going to stir up a lot of this particle when you're cleaning it, even if you're putting everything under negative pressure. Uh, you know, what does that mean? Uh, we're going to take and create negative pressure in the duct so that all the air is moving in one direction and that is into our giant HEPA collection device. It's, it's like a, a 
the shop vac on steroids, a HEPA shop vac <laughs> on steroids. These are very big devices. Sometimes they're six feet tall. They're, they're triple filtered. And so we're going to create negative pressure that's going to literally be sucking everything in the ductwork towards it. Then we're going to take from the opposite end our roto brushes and then our roto vac brushes that are also HEPA filtered. And we're going to be pushing everything towards that negative airflow that's going into this giant collection device. And then basically rinse, wash, and repeat, right? We're going to move, we're going to, you know, make sure that uh, no contaminants are leaving this contained area. We're going to take particle readings inside of the containment wall and outside of the containment wall to make sure we're not just moving this dust to another area. And then we'll rinse, wash, and repeat. We'll go down to the next run, batten the hatches down, and start the process over. And, you know, a lot of companies, I, I liken it to Dick Van Dyke, right, uh, in, uh, where he was a chimney sweep. You know, chim chimney, chim chimney, where he's all hoodie uh, and, and everything. But he's just going through there and brushing it all out, and it's coming out the other end. Uh, you know, we're not going to do that, you know, and, and we would expect, you know, the, the facility management team, infection control uh, operations, you know, to look at companies ahead of time or put it in their spec if, if they get that far to look at comprehensive duct cleaning that, you know, containment would be set up, particle readings would be taken, uh, you know, and, and such to ensure that we're not just moving that dust to another area or that we're fouling. Uh, what we refer to as inline equipment, uh, you know, reheat coils or recooling coils, uh, you know, booster fans that are, you know, in long duct runs. And we've seen that happen before where all of that dust by a duct cleaning company gets pushed into this other mechanical equipment. And then that mechanical equipment fails or airflow drops again. And, you know, that run of duct might be clean, but now, you know, the consequences of, of not uh, having that environmentally responsible, uh, you know, work process or workflow, you know, has created another problem, an unintended consequence. So, you know, th those are the kind of things we look at, especially with duct cleaning. And then, of course, even with the air handler unit cleaning, you know, we're containing for water because we're using high pressure steam. So there's a lot of water. So, we, you know, obviously we don't want water going anywhere. Right. Uh, the containment, containment in this case, uh, is is key when we're we're cleaning this type of equipment. You know, we talk about dust in our class a lot more than most people because, for the obvious reason, other people don't talk, so we're going to. <laughs> and and we look at it. There's three major ways that dust moves, and that's by humans, and that somewhat is just us moving around doing our day to day thing. It could be us running our machinery, doing cleaning. It could be people just occupying the building and doing what they do. And the other is water, which is somewhat you, what you mentioned. And, and of course, Daryl, every time we talk about that, talks about Legionnaires. And then, you know, the outdoor environment. And, and that's why I say what you work with and what we do parallel each other because dust is the ultimate transport transportation device for pathogens of all sorts and sizes. Yeah, that that's true. And, and uh, not again, not the least of which is allergies. So any kind of uh, pet dander, any kind of, uh, 
I mean, again, you know, we can go through all the the ooh and ickiness, right? You know, pet, <laughs> dried pet saliva for folks that are pet owners. I have two big dogs at home, so I'm sure I'm bringing some of this in with me. Sure, but again, sure. pollen, pollen, uh, you know, crystals and, and pollen, uh, different kinds of plant material. You know, you name it, it it's in there. And if it gets stirred up, uh, it's going to affect people in different ways. Again, you know, we and I'm sure you've had folks allergen. Uh, allergenists and immunologists, maybe on some of your shows, that, that talk about what this allergic reaction in, in our bodies are, right? And, and that is that, you know, it's histamines that are that are created and it's our immune system reacting to try to keep these pollutants, uh, you know, out of our bodies. And so these reactions primarily no. Uh-oh. Sounds like we lost uh, Troy there for a little bit. I'm not sure what happened exactly, folks. It is a live podcast, and sometimes these things happen. So let's see if Troy gets Troy back gets, with uh, us here. Oh, I see we have somebody else that uh, joined the live feed here. We're waiting on Troy to get back with oh, us. Uh, hello? There he is. There he is. Yeah, I, there. I knew if I just fill in and be talking if you'd come back <laughs> yeah no i yeah i don't know it looks like uh somebody was also ringing in the uh you know what i was saying is is these allergens that are in the dust right and there, there's different uh contaminants that make up these allergens they affect us in a way uh that produces histamines and our bodies react right and so different people react different ways depending on their sensitivities depending on their immune systems uh, and so, you know, a, a particular bio burden in a building, a particular level of dust uh, might not affect 80 percent of the people, but there might be, you know, 15 percent that it's, it's affecting and 5 percent that it's really affecting because they're they're sensitive, you mm -hmm. know. And so, uh, you know, sometimes building managers and, and owners be like, oh, well, you know, that's just their problem or they're overly sensitive. But. Uh, you know, that's not always the case. And some of this stuff is so fine that, that there could be other problems where we're not having this reaction of an allergic well, then, attack. Yeah, you know, then more and more of us are just getting oversensitive. Well, that, that could be too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you I mean, you think, you think about it, uh, the, the population is growing older. The, you know, there's, you know, we've got a lot of, of us baby boomers out here. And yeah, we are more sensitive because we did things to us. I mean, hey, that's why I run around with COPD and take medication to breathe, and I, I, I'm very well aware of it. And so, so this all this social distancing and staying at home, you know, really has helped me a lot because I haven't been in in these buildings that weren't quite so healthy for me. I, you know, I can see that. I, I uh, absolutely agree uh, that in some cases. You know, but then, like you said, you're you're staying in a motorhome or whatever, and it might not have the good filtration like you had before, and that could also be a whole other set of issues for folks at home. Which I know, you know, in our professions, we don't necessarily deal with residential, but yeah, that that could be the case. Or sometimes you're used to your own environment, and well, you know, I, I, up I, an immunity, and uh, it takes a foreign. Uh, well, you're right. You know, hey, you know, and the thing is, I was telling somebody, I can't catch an illness from myself. <laughs> right. 
sorry, folks. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, hey, you don't touch my phone. That's my illnesses. I'm me and that phone. We are, we are one. My keyboard, my desk. Don't touch it if you don't want my cooties. <laughs> well, okay. I, I There's agree. nothing wrong with my cooties to me because that's part of who I am. But and and so our home environments are different. And so I think this is where this discussion is. Well, you know, HVAC system. I don't really do that. I didn't clean my ductwork at home, but it's your environment. Now, I just purchased a used trailer that we're rehabbing because we're going to be moving. And I went and, and stuck my vacuum and my hose, my slinky hose down into the air duct as far as it would go and vacuumed as much as I could out of the ducts as, as, that I could because this one didn't have has some that's in the floor. But I thought about you when we were talking about this and I was looking because I mean, whenever I pulled up the register, everything was in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's only six years old, but you know, they had used it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got to think about all of these things, you know, and one of the things that we teach is if dust sits on a surface for more than 12 hours, it now has an oily texture to it. So it's not something that you can brush uh, that, that comes off easily. It now needs a cleaner to clean that uh, oily. And I think this is like the lady the other night, you know, that saw it stuck to the, to the light fixture above her head. You know, in a restaurant, you have all of the the oils and stuff that's in the air, it makes those fixtures sticky, the dust sticks to it. And uh, uh, her husband said, well, yeah, but it's up there. It's not coming down on me. No. I think he was a little wrong there. No, I mean, it, it, it certainly could come down, you know, depending on any kind of agitation. Uh, and, you know, and even, even still, that's just the visible manifestation right. of, of what's constantly in the airflow in the airstream and in, in that particular building. That just happens to be the accumulation over time of all of it. So if that's Correct. sitting up there, you know, they're not doing anything. Uh, and these are, are these are the places, you know, Troy, that you like to go or kind of like I feel, you know, somebody's letting it go like that. They need, you know, they, they really aren't going to need me because they don't understand there's other customers. So uh, can we give the audience here before we leave today some kind of a viewpoint of what would, what would be the typical, I mean, I'm sure you have different levels of clients, but who, who are you basically going and talking? You're 80% of your business type person. So traditionally over these last 35, six years, right? 80% of our business has actually been government business. Really? And, and I, I say this to say that that includes the full gamut, if you think about it, right? So that is city, county, state, federal government agencies. So municipalities, county government, any sort of uh, building GSA, right, that manages a lot of buildings. And that right. also includes schools. So that that's oh, okay. well, public school districts, right? All Government, right. Uh, state-run universities. Uh, maybe that's a little bit more public-private, you know, kind of trust kind of thing. Uh, but but certainly schools and universities are big. And then behind that, the 80-20 rule, 20% uh, 
the the lion's share of that twenty percent is going to be healthcare. So hospitals, doctors' offices, you know, outpatient clinics, uh, things like that. And then then we start getting into commercial buildings, Class A office buildings, um, you know, uh, venues, right? Uh, resort, hotel venues, uh, and so. so- so then of all of that, what are the the 80, 20 typical services that you provide to them? So generally speaking, and this is, you know, pre-COVID. And, and oh, yeah, yeah, right. I'll also preface this by saying that we, we have a sister corporation. Essentially, it's run by the same ownership group and everything that just deals in products. So I'll leave that whole side of it out. And we haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's leave that one alone for today. Well, we got another podcast later. We'll talk about that one later. There you go. Right. Okay. I'll even bring a guest on for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, now we we know what we're going to talk about next time. There you go. So for the professional services side, I would say that it's pretty equally split between indoor air quality investigations. Right. And we, we call this a building health check or we call it an HVAC hygiene and performance assessment, right? So, and they kind of go hand in hand. And then beyond that, uh, it, it's basically this uh, deep cleaning of the air handler units and duct cleaning, right? Because that's another combination, right? So when we look at the indoor environment from uh, a, you know, sort of measuring, right? Like how, how, can, how can you manage what you don't measure? Right. So how can you make a plan right. if right. you don't know what's wrong in the first place or what you're doing really well in the first place? Right. So when you look at that, when we look at the building environment, we generally break it down by HVAC zones. So if we're going to go in and do an IAQ investigation or maybe a total building evaluation, uh, you know, not quite as comprehensive as LEED or something like that, but we're going to look at the different HVAC zones, what equipment is servicing what area of the building. And so we'll break down a, a comprehensive study like that. Then we'll also look at what's actually going on in that equipment. And so with the actual HVAC hygiene and performance assessment. So these two uh, tools are, are key to developing uh, a plan, you know, not only for this equipment from, on the mechanical side, but, you know, for the larger maintenance plan uh, of the building. Oftentimes we're brought in with a straight complaint. Hey, there's an excessive amount of dust. Hey, is that mold coming out of my my ductwork? It's it's gray and black. No, it's not mold. Okay, it's you know uh, if if you had a water leak up there and it's gray and black, we might have a different opinion, situation, right? right? But or odors. There's an odor. I don't know where it's coming from, right? So a lot of times it's very forensic. We get okay. called in initially. Right. The cleaning uh, is, is a whole other thing, folks. There's a lot of folks out there that know that this stuff requires regular maintenance. You know, if we look at deferred maintenance and that's a whole other topic, too. So maybe maybe we have May and June covered, Dave. Well, you say we're developing a plan right now, right? There you go. If you look at deferred maintenance, right, we know a dollar spent today is going to be four dollars down the road. Right. NASA knows through all of their studies. Uh, because it's critical, right, with the human life and the expense that they're rolling out with the SpaceX launch today and everything, right? They know that a do-nothing, a run-to-fail approach means that you have 30% less equipment life right off the bat. If you just 
start running this air handler unit and you never clean it, then you can expect it to, to you know, fail 30%, you know, quicker. Uh, you know, and that was from a NASA study, particularly on equipment. So, you know, looking at this stuff regularly, uh, you know, certainly once a year, making sure you open up the, the air handler unit, you lock it out, you tag it out and, and shut it down and just take a look. You know, what's the drain pan look like? Is there a ton of biofilm in there? You know, it, what does the coils look like? Is, is there material built up and caked on the coils? And the same with the ducts. You know, if, if you're doing that once a year, you're taking a quick visual inspection. If you're seeing that kind of buildup, like the Jeff Foxworthy, uh, you know, quote earlier, you know, you may want to call somebody. You might want to do something about it if you're seeing it. So, you know, we, we've, we've worked with, defense contractors that are doing aerospace technology in, in a very clean environment, right? And they were still seeing uh, 10, 15% fouling of these coils year over year. And probably about the cleanest environment that you can get next to like a compounding laboratory or something. So, you know, folks, this stuff is like you said, Dave, we're bringing it in with us, even though they have exhaust fans and they're clean, they're still these constituents that get up and get in the airstream and find a way to infiltrate the path of least resistance and we'll file this stuff up. But yeah, that that's basically what pure air control services is doing. We're investigating, we're creating plans for people, and then we're offering corrective action solutions, engineered solutions to get this stuff cleaned up. So folks, do you feel that we could talk for hours? Cause it's <laughs> almost been an hour. So I think we've got enough for today's podcast, but let's uh, let's uh, tell people how they can get hold of you and Pure Air. Okay, well, uh, pureaircontrols.com. So pureaircontrols.com is our main website. Uh, it's a comprehensive website, folks. We have case studies, white papers under our resources section. Uh, if you want to just dig into some of the data right away, and get past the, the flowery marketing stuff. It's in there. Uh, of course, our phone number is 1-800-422-7873. And then my email address, and, and you can email me anytime. I'll put you in touch with the right person that you want to talk to, is T-R-A-S-Z-K-A -A at Pure Air Controls. Dot com. And so, uh, yeah, if you have any questions whatsoever about this material or anything uh, related to indoor air quality or HVAC, just shoot me an email or give me a call. I'm happy to answer uh, to the best of my abilities. Or like I said, I, if you want to talk to the director of our laboratory uh, to get a certain answer on something, we're all available. We have an open door policy here from the top down. Folks, I want to thank you for joining in today. I noticed we had a few people come on live and uh, listen a little bit. Uh, nobody uh, got on and talked with us this time, Troy, but I told you they're listening. So, uh, folks, uh, this is another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace. It is a podcast that we do whenever somebody's got something to talk about. Sounds like Troy's going to be back for a few more months, so... Uh, like and share what we're doing here on Podbean Live. And whenever Troy pops up, uh, you'll get a notice and you might, uh, you know, hey, who knows? You might even get to join in and be on the air with us. We are also at www.academyofcleaning.com where you can find all of our classes, some of our skills training. 
We just put up uh, about six new videos on our YouTube dealing with luxury vinyl floor care. So all the way from the floors to the ceiling, we cover it all. Folks, whatever you do between now and the next time we talk with you, make sure that it is healthy, positive, and proactive. Thanks for being on today, Troy. Thanks a lot, Dave. See you next time.